0: Cause sometimes I be right. Hello! Welcome to the show! I am back and I'm feeling great and I got some hate. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No hate. No hate today. Although you might see it like that, you might think it's hate. It's not hate. I promise you, I'm not hating. But I'm feeling good feel like we had a great show last week, we had a great football weekend, a lot to talk about, so much so that there are things I'm not even going to touch on today. There are ideas I had that I was like, nah, let's leave that one alone. But we got a lot to get into, let's get right to it. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host Wally. Say what up, Wally? So look, let's get right into it. We I'm gonna start right where everybody's starting. The sports world today is just zeroed in on Colorado football. That's right. There is look. Let me tell you guys something. There is a train. You ever see that movie? Uh, with some Unstoppable with Denzel, right? Was he was the train train guy, right? And the train was going barreling through, and like they couldn't hit the the brakes; weren't working. <laughs> yes, it's dumb. Yes, the movie's dumb, but it was it was kind of exciting. So it's going down the tracks, right? And they can't they can't stop the train. They're trying to figure out a way to get another train to connect to it and pull it. Like it's crazy. That's what's going on to Colorado, right? Colorado is a hype train speeding down the track. But there's a bridge coming up and on that bridge, there's a bend. And if you're going too fast around that bend, you are going to fall right off the bridge, crash and burn hype train destroyed. Now, what is that bend? What is that bridge? That is these next two weeks. You have Oregon this week. You have USC next week. Now, the hype train. Has been building and building and building. First it started with TCU. That was a big win. Oh man, how impossible win. Shocked the world. Then you followed it up with a tough game versus Nebraska. Pulled away late, but early in that game it was tough. It's okay. A dub is a dub. Then you followed it up with the most exciting game of the weekend. Game against Colorado State. Rivalry game. Night game. At home. Tough game, double overtime. You found a way to win. Are you impressed? I'm impressed. They found a way to get it done, right? Now you got Oregon. Oh, yeah. Oregon. Oh, traditional powerhouse. Oh, no way. Colorado can't shock the world again, can they? Let me start by saying this. This is no hate. This is no hate. I need people to understand this is no hate. Oregon is favored by 21 points. There's a reason for that. Now, when I say the hype train, I've been kind of racking my brain for weeks since this started. You all know I love Coach Prime. I'm 36 years old. I am washed when it comes to athletics. Bro, I can't go to a wreck basketball league And put up no numbers. I got nothing in the tank. (laughs) It's over. But I want to, I want, listen, I have four years of college eligibility, right? I can't even speak. I don't deserve college. (laughs) I want to suit up and go play for Coach Prime. Love Coach Prime. I love the Colorado story. I love the fact that he went there, won an 11 program in the dumps. Told everybody, if you ain't willing to work, if you don't want to be here, then be gone. And they left. And he got rid of some guys. Guys he thought was trash. Guys that didn't fit what he was trying to build. And brought in a whole bunch of new players. Scrappy guys, too. I love the fact that some of these guys came from Jackson State. That's right. A lower level of college football. HBCUs. He brought them up to the big time. Now they're on national TV. Now they're getting this exposure. Boom. Love it. I love all of it. I love the whole story. I love the fact that they beat TCU. Wow, what a great start. I love the hype. I love everything. You know what I don't like? You fraudulent fans. You fake fans. You celebrities that want to be part of the it thing. You celebrities that flocked over to Colorado, going to all the games, going to the pregame shows, pretending like you are so excited for Colorado. You not. Same celebrities that showed up for Messi's first game in Miami. You don't watch soccer. You don't care about. You don't even know the rules. You don't care about soccer. It's okay. Just say I'm here because it's like the the big show in town. So I'm going to go. I hate that. I hate the fact that the media is covering Colorado, ignoring what expectations were ignoring what a successful season is and you're building and you're building and you're building up this hype you are extending that hype train you are steaming forward hype train coming and at the first sign of trouble All of you frauds are going to turn your back. You're going to jump off. You, ESPN, asking the same question. How great is Coach Prime? Are going to be the same ones bashing them when they lose. The very same ones. The same people asking the question. Is Shador Sanders a first-round pick? Is he legit? The first bad game he has, you are going to be the same ones kicking his back in. I hate that. You're building them up just so you could tear them down. I hate that. Looking at Colorado's schedule, it goes like this. They got Oregon. Followed it up with USC. Realistically, that's two losses. Guess what? Buffalo's now three and two. I said Buffalo. <laughs> the Buffaloes are now three and two. You then have Arizona State. I'll give them a dub. Arizona State stinks. Stanford, I'll give them a dub. Then you got UCLA. That's going to be tough. Realistically, they could lose that game. Now you're talking five and three. Follow that up with Oregon State. Realistically, they could use lose five and four. Then they beat Arizona. Great. Six and four. Lose to Washington State, lose the finale to Utah, 6-6, bowl eligible, go to the Mayo Bowl. Guess who's getting their back kicked in? Colorado. Why? Going from 1-11 to 6-6 and bowl eligible, that's success. Coach Prime coming in, flipping the entire roster, that's a success. But you frauds are going to be trashing them. If they lose to Oregon this week and then they lose to USC next week, the conversation goes from how great they are, how exciting it is, to wait a second. Is Colorado overrated? Were they overhyped? Who's the one who created the hype? Spoiler alert, the same people asking the question. I hate that. That's what I hate. Love Colorado. Love the story. Love Coach Prime. Rooting for him. Would love to see you guys do something crazy. How crazy would it be if they went on to win the Natty this year? That would be crazy. I'm for it. But you frauds make me hate. (laughs) It makes me root for the loss. I'm picking Oregon to beat Colorado this weekend, and I'm picking them to beat Colorado by a lot. They might be up three touchdowns in the first quarter. Why? Not hate. Oregon's offense is legit. Colorado's defense is bad, and they don't have their best defender in Travis Hunter. Logic. It's just logic. Oregon has the firepower to score 80 points in the game. They've done it. That's what Colorado is dealing with. A team that is capable of scoring 80 points in the game and your defense is trashed. And your defense was trash when you had arguably the best defensive player in college and Travis Hunter or the most exciting. Now he's gone. So you take a bad defense and take out their best defender? Ooh, it's trouble. It's trouble. And on offense, Colorado has to pass the ball. They're passing it a lot. They're not running very much. They're averaging like 60 rushing yards a game. Their offensive line is not moving anybody. Oregon knows that. They know they don't have to stack no box against the run. We could stop the run with four linemen. Maybe even three. We're going to play a zone coverage and force you to drive down the field, eating up clock. Meanwhile, when we get the ball back, we're going to score touchdowns. We're going to put the pressure early and often. That's what Colorado's facing. I don't think Colorado beats Oregon. I think Oregon goes up 26, 27 points early. I expect Shador Sanders to have one of those games where like, it's not the best. I don't think he's gonna be trash. I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad player. I just think the circumstances are gonna dictate a very tough day. And all you frauds who are building him up is this, look, he's great, he's a playmaker. Hey, are gonna be the first people kicking his back in when he has a bad game. I always wait for the bad game first. Then I'll tell you how legit a guy is. Right. Am I wrong? Y'all know my history. Y'all know how much I love C.J. Stroud. I was on board with C.J. Stroud after he lost to Oregon. Then I was like, OK, I saw you versus Minnesota looked impressive. I saw you in that next game looked impressive. Then I saw you have a bad game versus Oregon. I got it. I'm in. Wait for a guy to have a, his toughest battle before you decide if he's him or not. And all these, look, Colorado's petty. Petty is all get up. Coach Prime, petty. It's personal. Everything's personal. All that's fine and dandy when you're winning. You want to flash the watch. You got everybody flashing a watch. Yeah, look, look this your door, yeah. All that's fine when you're winning. Everybody loves it when there's a dub attached. But as soon as that L comes... Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be criticizing them for the same thing you're praising them for. I hate that. And that is why I'm having such a hard time with my feelings towards Colorado. Because I love what they are. I hate the attention they are getting. Because they're not getting genuine attention focused on what they're doing. They're getting the hype train. They won the game, so they're great. Dion's a fun watch. They're great. They're doing it. They're great. You could look at Colorado and see, oh, boy. Ooh, it's it's oof. when it like this schedule early on is weak. Colorado State is trash. Nebraska, trash. And they the two tough games. And if you want to look at TCU, that game was close. And one or two mistakes from TCU, if they didn't bungle that. If they had committed to the run instead of trying to air the ball out for some reason, Colorado couldn't stop the run in that game. They could have ran Colorado right out the building. They didn't. Colorado got a gift. They got a break, and they took advantage of it. Kudos to them. But you can't watch this Colorado team and think that they're great. That's not a knock. That's just reality. This team has real deficiencies. Real issues, real problems. And that's okay because it's year one. That's what we expected coming in. But the hype train would tell you they're going to go into Oregon and win. And if they do, wow, that will impress me a lot. The TCU win, it's cool. Not that impressed. TCU was the team that was in the national Yeah, they beat Michigan to get there. And most people saw that game and said, oh, Michigan should have had that one. I hate Michigan, but Michigan should have had TCU. TCU lost the conference championship game versus Kansas State. Probably shouldn't even been in the playoff. Then they get to the championship and get washed. So that team, you barely beat that team. And that team didn't have the same quarterback, receiver, running back, defensive players. Like it's a whole different roster. We don't know what they're gonna be So that one's not as impressive. If you go into Oregon right now on the road and you win, I'm impressed. And then maybe I'll buy in. (laughs) But even then, you got USC the following week. I think Washington State is really good. I think they're legit. And I think this Colorado defense is not going to get any better as long as Travis Hunter is not in there. So good luck. So I already explained to you why Oregon would win, why I think they would win. It's not hate. It's just logic. So it's okay to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. But logic tells you bad defense, great offense. They're going to score points. Your offense is one-dimensional. If you get down in the game, we know you're going to pass it. We don't have to worry about the run. We're just going to load up against the pass. Okay. Half of your offensive playbook is gone. All right. We could defend that. I feel confident that they could defend that. That's why. Sticking with college football, but moving on to a new team, I want to talk about Ohio State and specifically Kyle McCord. So going into the weekend, I was very, very worried about Kyle McCord and Ohio State because I felt like I needed them to destroy Western Kentucky. I needed them to show me how good they can be, handle business, because this week they got Notre Dame. This Notre Dame team scares me because last year it was tough for Ohio State. Now I gave him a pass because that was early in the season. It was like what the second game I believe. So it was like, all right, still early. You ain't got your. Pay. This is now is game four, and Sam Hartman is the real deal. I don't know how good he's going to be in the pros, but college football quarterback, that boy's bad. I like him, so I needed to see something from Ohio State, and 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 for me, I got it. Kyle McCord coming into the game, I felt like, was aiming throws. He was trying to be perfect. He wasn't just playing football. He seemed like he was thinking too much. He was hesitant with the ball. He wasn't just letting it go. And then in that first quarter, they got him with a strip sack, fumble, turnover. And from that moment on, it seemed like he just let go of all that. Like he was trying so hard not to make a mistake. And then he finally made a mistake and then realized, oh, oh, I'm good. Yeah, he didn't get yanked out the game. He didn't get screamed at. The defense didn't give up a tutty. You know, like it was okay. You made a mistake and it's okay. And the coaches probably told him, hey, don't worry about it. The players probably told him, hey, don't worry about it. And then it was almost like he realized, you know what? Let's go. All right, let's play. Whatever happens, happens. I got the support system around me to say, look, if I make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. And it felt like he played free, he played loose, and he just played football. And it was no longer like he was trying to be perfect or trying to aim things or being hesitant. He was letting it rip. Now, it wasn't all perfect because he's not perfect. But I like the attitude and the energy and the pace he played with, that game was 14-10 with eight minutes left in the second quarter. By halftime, it was 42-10. to 10. That's what I needed to see from Ohio State. That's what they showed me. And going into this Notre Dame game now, I have a lot more confidence. And what offensively they could do against a very tough Notre Dame defense. And I trust Kyle McCord going on the road at night to at least keep him competitive. That's all you got to do, Kai. I'm calling him Kai. Hey, Kai! All you got to do is keep it competitive, bro. You ain't got to do everything. Just keep it competitive. That's all I need from you. Keep it close. Keep it competitive. And we're going to be all right. Now, we have to get into what I call my lock of the week. My, Look, I will guarantee you things every once in a while, but I'm not dumb. I only guarantee things that I'm sure of. and I have I am so sure Clemson will beat Florida State this weekend I am so sure of it I have no doubts of it I am more sure that Clemson beats Florida State than I was that Florida State would struggle with Boston College see you listened to the show last week right I said to you this Boston College Florida State game was a big deal for me Florida State Traditionally, for me, at least since going back to at least 2014, so a decade we have of this, there's always a game on their schedule where Florida State will like rise to the level of competition. This year was LSU. And then there will be a game where they will just be awful for no reason against a team that's no good. Boston College had no business being competitive in that game versus Florida State. They were fine. Look, it happens. Right. Don't give me. It was an emotional thing for them. They were paying tribute to someone like don't bring none of that. It don't matter. I don't care. Your best is better than their best. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Like there's nothing else other than that. You struggled. You got up 31 to 10. Let me tell you something. You got up 31 to 10. At 31 to 10, you weren't saying, oh, man, Boston College is really good because, you know, this is an emotional game for them. This is an emotional day. They were wearing, you know, the special unis. Like, it's a big deal for them. You were up 31 to 10. You got to close that. You gave up a comeback. Now, all of a sudden, the the, 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 the tribute matters. Where is the tribute at 31 to 10? Oh, at 3110, there was no magic. All of a sudden, they turned on the magic. They waited. No, you failed. I was right at 3110. I was coming in today. I was going to come in today and say, Hey, look, this was a. I needed Florida State to handle business, and they did. Kudos to them. I'm putting them on the list as legit contenders. And then turn around and wait a second. And now, validation. Now, some of you, you know who you are, <laughs> might say that I'm moving the goalpost. I'm not. Florida State does usually lose this game, and they did win this one. They did. They did. But here's here's where you have to pay attention closer. They run the ball, the, the stupid... Running back goes out of bounds. Pauses the clock. Now the clock starts once you blow the whistle for ready to play. But they gave up crucial seconds doing that. Then they got a face mask on third down. When they would have had to punt the ball back to Boston College. To give them another chance to win it. Boston College made another penalty. If I'm not mistaken, they had like 17 penalties in the game. And you still barely beat them. Nothing about that says... Oh, this is a new day for Florida State. It's not. They are Florida. These, they will always have trouble in games like this. They were looking ahead to Clemson. Even though Clemson's not great this year, Clemson still means something to Florida State above Boston College. So does Miami. They're going to be up for that Miami game. Doesn't matter how good or bad Miami is, they going to be ready to play. That means something. Boston College don't mean nothing. And so you played like that. Like, whatever, this game don't matter. And almost got beat. I do not buy into you. Now the reason why. As soon as that game ended. As soon as that final whistle blew. I said they are going to lose to Clemson. Why? Because of a game like this. You're going to get questioned all week long. And the first thing you're going to want to do. Going against a better opponent on the road. Is try to make a statement and prove. Hey last week was a fluke. You know what happens when you press and try to prove something? You make mistakes. Clemson also is not ranked in the top 25. They are being completely overlooked. They are written off as, nah, no good. They're no good. They stink. They lost to Duke and it was like, get out of here. You're done. So now you have that team going against Florida State. Florida State should win. Like, why wouldn't they? We would all agree they're better than Clemson, right? This is a perfect opportunity. And the line right now is Florida State by two points. Which lets you know even the experts understand that this game is going to be close. Favor by two? This game's going to be close. I think Clemson is going to come into this game feeling like they have an opportunity to completely change the season. And they have an opportunity to take out a top five team. And I think they take advantage. They beat Florida State. That's a guarantee. Lock it in. I just want to spend a moment talking about Alabama because Alabama is a train wreck right now. Alabama's been written off. People think Alabama stinks this year. Look, here's the truth. The truth is they're replacing a quarterback. I understand and I sympathize. I came in last week talking about how much I hated Alabama. I told you my story about Alabama and why I hate them, which has nothing to do with actual Alabama. (laughs) But even I understand and sympathize with them because as an Ohio State fan, we're going through the same thing you're replacing a great quarterback, a quarterback who's able to make up and mask a lot of deficiencies in your roster. Not only that, but they're mad, they have to deal with the loss of some defensive players. And they're trying to figure it out. It's one of those years, man. They did get the win. Like don't make it seem like they didn't win. Like they won as bad as it was, as bad as it looks and as high as expectations are. They won. But their quarterback situation is a real mess. For whatever reason, Jalen Milrow didn't get the play. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what the things are on that. But they put in Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner stinks. Tyler Buckner stunk at Notre Dame. Like, what is this? Get out of here, bruh. Send him home. Send him somewhere else. Anywhere else. Ty Simpson, you ain't the answer either. At least not right now. Maybe eventually. Not right now. Stick with Jalen Monroe. That's your best option and just ride it out. Just ride it out. Just get through the season. That's what Saban should do. Although I will say it is interesting to me that you're praising Colorado for squeaking by against Colorado State. But Alabama handily wins. I mean, 17-9 isn't handily, but like they were never in danger. It was just ugly. But you're criticizing them, but you're praising Colorado. I digress. Let's move on. To the NFL now. Let's move to the NFL. Look, I want to start with Joe Burrow, who apparently has re-injured his calf, the one that he was dealing with all offseason. And the conversation about Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow's playing like trash. And I get it. He is. I'm a realist. I'm going to tell you, he's playing like trash. It's got to be the injury, though. It's got to be due to injury or something being wrong because we've seen enough of Joe Burrow to know he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. He hasn't lost any mojo. He hasn't lost a step. This is not a trend. Look, yes, he's playing bad, but let's not overreact to two games. I I, I understand we have to do this every week. Every game is the most important thing in the world. Love a guy one week, hate a guy the next week. I get it. But the truth is, look, it's I'm not making any final decisions on anybody until a quarter of the way. Then I'll make my first a here's what it looks like a quarter into the year. Halfway point, if you haven't figured it out by then, I can write you off. Three quarter point, if it's still the same, bro, you've done forever. If at the end of the year, this is what you look like. Hey, It's time to move on. Is that fair? Can I do that? Can I have that grace? I know y'all want to kill me for my Justin Fields take. You want to do all that. I said he was gonna have a good year. He's doing bad. Uh CJ Stroud, you say, he's doing bad. Anthony Richardson was looking good. Like, I get it. You wanna you wanna kill me for all my my opinions? But can I can I get like four games out of guys? Before you just ready to be like, you was wrong. Look, Baker Mayfield looks great. He looks great. What in his history shows you that that'll maintain for the rest of the year? So can I get four games out of Baker before you tell me that Baker's great, he's turned the corner? Can I get four games out of CJ before you say he's not a franchise quarterback? Can I get four games out of Burrow before you say like he's washed? Please, can I get that? Thank you. Yes, I'm copping, please. I will say, though, man, Anthony Richardson in that game before he suffered the concussion, which, by the way, I think is going to be a problem for him. He Look, Colin Cowherd heard uh, this week, I heard him say, and he said it was the best explanation for it, it was the best wording of it. He said, as far as playing quarterback, Anthony Richardson has no clue. But when it comes to making plays, he's got it. And that's the that's the best way to say it. Because Anthony Richardson, when it comes to dropping back and playing quarterback from the pocket, not good. It's not. It's not. It's not. But when it comes to, like, just yo, go make a play, he could do that. He could do that even better than I thought he would. I thought he would be a dumpster fire from the start. I thought it would be two, three picks a game. I thought he would kind of look like Bryce Young is looking. <laughs> right I'm just saying he 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 makes plays he looks like you know what if he can kind of put this thing together if he can develop i i i kind of see i kind of see what people are seeing now i'm not buying in don't get me don't get it twisted i ain't buying in i'm not buying in but I, you know, all right i here i can see I can see the road where I might have to walk it back a little bit. I can see where I might have to walk back my take a little bit by the end of the year. Now, one guy that I will say, so you know, let's just do the rookie watch. So Anthony Richardson, I just touched on. Bryce Young, Panthers are 0-2. Uh Bryce Young's numbers look like this. Two games. He's completing 59%. He's got 299 yards, averaging 4.2 yards per attempt. Two tutties, two picks, a 66.6 rating. Mark of the beast. And a 35.5 QBR. By any metric, any way you want to judge it, that is terrible. That's terrible. Even for a rookie. Like that's bad. He's playing poorly. Now you might say like, oh, it's different, bro. It's different, bro. He don't have no weapons. Sure, fine. But what you're not going to say. Okay. What you're not going to say is my guy CJ. Ain't handling some business. So CJ Stroud in the same two games. Is completing 64%. It's better. 626 yards, that's better. 6.9 yards per attempt, that's better. Two touchdowns, the same. Zero picks, better. A 91.2 rating, better. A 35.9 QBR, Uh, better. And he's been sacked 11 times. I should say that Bryce Young was sacked six times. Now, sacks aren't always, you know, on the line. Sometimes you might hold the ball long, so I'm not going to hold that against him. But if you watch CJ Stroud, I don't think you're watching him saying, oh, he's no good. Like, does to you, does he look like oh, my chapstick. Oh, I'm hitting the mic. <laughs> Can I tell y'all, I I need chapstick. I require chapstick. Chapstick has to be in my arsenal, in my pocket at all times. It's part of my EDC. Everyday carry. Chapstick. woof essential especially coming in when it, as it starts to change it gets cold that chill comes in my lips be getting crusty <laughs> anyway c j Stroud looks the part right he's so so far no ints through two games man i'm encouraged look i expected him i picked i'm gonna say it quietly because i don't want to say it too loud in case you're listening around people who don't normally listen to the show i i picked I picked the Texans to make the playoffs. <laughs> so, obviously, two games in, eesh, don't look too good. Right? So, I, ex- I did expect him to be much more like, I expected after two games, everybody to say, whoa, not nah, hey, he it, he him. He him? H-E-E-H-I-M? He him? <laughs> Yo, I should get that t-shirt, bro. He him. All one word. So that's like, so it's not happening that way. But what I do see with CJ is a guy who from game one to game two looked a little more like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it looked a little more like, all right, he looked more comfortable. I think by game nine or 10, I think we're looking at, I think we're going to be impressed. I think that's when you'll start to see like, oh, there it is. That's the guy. That's the guy you was telling me about. For sure. So let's talk about let's talk about the Giants, okay? Cuz here here look. Again, this is the same thing that happened with Aaron Rodgers. I don't root for injuries. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But sometimes when a guy goes down, a storyline gets revealed. And for me, the moment the moment the Giants signed Daniel Jones and gave him 40 million dollars, a year. I said, uh, bad move. Number one, who the hell was outbidding you? Why, why'd you go that high? Now I get everyone saying, hey, you got to look. Daniel Jones had a great year last year, man. You, you don't watch all the games. You see Daniel Jones is good. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know he's good. He's so good. So good. Less passing touchdowns than, you know. And Justin Fields, who you say stinks, but that, that, that's fine. That's fine. All you Giants fans, let me tell you something. Justin Fields led the league in rushing, threw more touchdowns than Daniel Jones. Completion percentage wasn't as good, but like yards were super competitive. I think Daniel Jones had like three hundred more yards. Like it's not crazy. If, if if the Bears had signed Justin Fields last summer to a, a, a two year eighty million dollar deal. And was getting $40 million a year. You would think like, oh, I, I get it, man. I get it, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, don't I'm not crazy. As a Giants fan, if somebody else had paid that, you guys told me Dak Prescott was overpaid. I agreed with you. But you can't tell me Dak Prescott's overpaid and Daniel Jones is like, hey, man, it's, it's the going rate. <laughs> don't do that. I'm not crazy. All right, you agree with me. Daniel Jones getting $40 million a year is crazy. But, but, now the the sports gods have cleared a path to say, Hey, Danny Dimes, John doesn't think you can carry the team. Here you go, buddy. And the gods came back to me, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, bud, here's what you wanted. You wanted to see Danny Dimes have to be the man. See if he's really worth that contract. Here you go. Huh? And I'm here to tell you now, I will come to you. If Danny Dimes lights it up the next two weeks or three weeks, because Saquon's out for like at least three weeks, they say it's a regular ankle sprain. Like, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. You either like have a high ankle sprain or nothing. (laughs) It's a high ankle sprain. They ain't going to say it, but that's what it is. That's what it is. A regular, that doesn't even sound like medical. It's just a, a regular ankle sprain, a standard ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. Like, come on. He's making stuff up. But Brian Dayball is a great coach, right? Oh, he's a great coach. Oh, yeah. Let's see what he could do now without his best offensive weapon. Darren Waller's is so good, right? Oh, yeah. Let's see what he can do now that he has to be the focus of the offense. Oh, yeah, Danny Dimes. He's legit. He had a good year. He's going to go off. Let's see. Now we get to see. Now the argument back and forth of how good is he, that argument's over, we're gonna find out. So for the next three weeks, if Danny Dimes collided up, and I don't mean just get a dub, because a win ain't all on him. Just like a loss isn't all on him. I'm be fair. If Danny Dimes goes out there and puts up numbers and they lose, no knock on him. I will still come in here and say, hey, he him. But you, if he if he goes up and stinks up the joint, hey, I want my apologies. All right, because that game against Arizona, first of all, this is two parts. I'm gonna get into Arizona. Arizona, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get on you in a minute. Hold on, sit, sit right over there and wait your turn. <laughs> it's like when you used to get a whooping when you're younger, and they used to tell your sibling like, you you, you going you go sit over there. You got to wait. You got to (laughs) listen. You got to listen to your brother getting a whooping. And you debating like, "Ah, I'm just going to run away. I'm just going to leave. He got me sitting in this next room like, I'm out of here. I could just go out the window and be gone. I could be gone. Yeah, that's Arizona right now. Sit over there. Sit over there. Wait your turn. Giants. I know you came back from 21 points down. What the hell were you doing 21 points down to Arizona? Wait, wait, wait. What are you thinking? Giants ain't no good. I picked the Giants to make the playoffs. I picked the Eagles to miss the playoffs. Mind you, something's going on in Philly. I've been looking at Jalen Hurts. He don't look happy. He looks upset. He looks disinterested. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. Something's happening. I'm going to pay a little closer attention. Maybe next week I'll give you a full report. Something's happening. I know they're getting wins, but something's going on. But back to you, New York. You Giants stink. Ain't no good. And part of that is Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes stinks. Anytime they rely on him to make something happen through the air, he ain't going to do it. You could tell me about weapons. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Because you're not going to give weapons credit. If he start, if Darren Waller starts going off, you ain't going to say, "Whoa, Darren Waller, he made, he made Daniel Jones. You ain't going to do that. So don't ask me to give him credit now. Right? So don't ask me to say, Woo, you don't have no weapons. I don't care. I don't care. Do the best you can with what you got. And if that's the best you can do, you trash. Danny Dimes, boo-boo. Now, Arizona. I don't understand why you started Josh Dobbs. Let me get let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And you knew this. Right? You knew you you guys are foop, you are football men. You know you had no chance of making a Super Bowl. Correct? You wasn't going to win the Super Bowl with this roster. You didn't even build the roster to win or compete for a Super Bowl. That's not what you was doing this for? You are linked to drafting a quarterback this year because you don't want the overpriced one you have in Kyler Murray, who's currently hurt. What you needed to do with this time, you drafted Clayton Toon. He looked good in preseason. You needed to play him. Because if you play him and he turns out to be good or better than you were expecting, you can realistically say we're paying him pennies. Let's move forward with him. Move Kyler Murray. Trade him. Somebody's going to take him from you. I promise you somebody will take him. Trade him for a second or third round pick. Somebody's taking him. I promise you. I promise you. Now you move forward with Clayton Toon. Now you can build around him. You don't have to spend no money for three, four years. Good. Instead... You decided to trade for Josh Dobbs, give up an asset, bring him in, put him as a starter, and still end up 0-2. Clayton Toon could have got you 0-2. Like I don't care how competitive a game is. You lost. At the end of the year, when they tally wins and losses, style points don't mean nothing. You lost. You 0-2. Zero wins. And you don't know if Clayton Toon could be your guy going forward. Unless you've already committed to him. Maybe they've committed to him and they said, look, this is our guy. Let's protect him. We don't want to put no tape out there. We, notice he, we know he's him. We know he him. <laughs> right? We know he him. So let's just put Dobbs out there. Just let him get beat up. We don't want Clayton Toon to get beat up. He him. And maybe that's the game plan. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're super smart. Because that would be... A way of doing it I guess but if that's not the case then God you messed this up you messed it up bad dummies dumb D-U-M dumb makes me so mad let's move on to the Cowboys alright yeah we them boys <laughs> I hate that bro I hate that I listen I'm a Cowboys fan to the Def, D E F to the death, but that whole we them boys, you ain't never gonna hear me walk around saying we them boys. Like what? No, <laughs> no, so dumb. We them boys. Oh, god, that's that's oh god. Anyway, so the Cowboys are being loved. The Cowboys are all the rave in the NFL. The Cowboys' defense is, woo, all time. Here's what I'm going to tell you. As a Cowboys fan and as the only Cowboys fan that matters in the universe, uh, I will tell you I'm, I'm reserving judgment. I am not high on this team or low on this team. I'm right where I was when they started. Not really sure. It's hard to judge this defense when the first two games they played was against The Giants in a night game with terrible weather where you had defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, like offensively, you know, Cowboys didn't look great. And defensively, they, you know, they were playing from ahead the whole time. So it was kind of like a perfect setup for your defense to kind of just be able to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. So it's hard to judge that one. And then the next week you played up against the Jets without Aaron Rodgers and you played against Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's going to give you the ball. He's a dum-dum. He's no good. He's trash. He's boo-boo. So, like, it's hard to judge. Like, are they really that good? Or is this kind of a result of who they played? It's tough to say. So, I'm reserving judgment. I'm encouraged by what I see. But offensively, two things stand out to me. Number one, in the red zone, they're getting nothing. They're really bad in the red zone. Number two, Dak Prescott is playing it super safe. He's throwing a lot of flat routes. He's throwing it to the back out of the backfield. He's taking the real safe throws. That's fine now because you're playing with a lead and that's open for you and that's all good. But what happens when you go down and you got to push the ball downfield? and You got to really make some throws. I think we're going to see Dak be Dak and Dak is a turnover guy. Dak is a guy who's not really a gifted passer. He's not. He's a guy where if it's wide open, he can get it there, but he's not gifted as a passer. Never has been, never will be. He's got great intangibles, great leadership. Um, he's a real tough player. He can get things done. He's a good quarterback. But if he had to if you if they were relying on him to be great, I, he can't do that. And I think that's why I reserve judgment because the biggest thing holding his team back for me is going to be Dak. And if Dak can't get it done, then this team has no shot. And I don't think Dak has shown you anything so far that says he can get it done. I think everything has been safe. Everything has been from the advantage of having the lead. Nothing you have you have not been taken out of your comfort. They've been able to be comfortable on offense and defense. They've just been comfortable. And I want to see them go through some some adversity. And we'll see when that happens. We'll see. Let's see, is there anything else I need to touch on? Oh, what I did want to touch on was, look, I'm about to be petty. Can I be petty for a moment? All right, look. I'm going to draw a comparison between two guys. And this is something that came up, and this is something for me that is personal. It's deeply personal to me. So Justin Fields is a guy that I like. I like Justin Fields. I believe in Justin Fields. I think that Justin Fields in the right situation can be great. And for whatever reason, it's not working in Chicago. I don't know why I can't explain it. Maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's the offensive line. Who knows? It's not working. Okay, I know it's only two games, and I told you I'll report back after four and let you know what I think. But as of right now, it's not working, and it looks bad. Justin Fields on the season is completing 61% of his passes, 6.5 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, three picks and a 71 quarterback rating. It's not good. It's not good enough. I am a fan of his. I'm rooting for him, but even I could watch and say it's just not something's not right. Something's off. It's not working. I'm not going to say he's bad, but like look, like I've seen him be better. He has he has incredible arm talent super athletic he's got great size he's got everything you need to be successful at quarterback but something's not working okay and i hear i hear all of you i hear everybody bash justin fields the national media talk about justin fields is bad the mock drafts will have them taking a quarterback like it's he's he's all but pushed out right like everyone's done with justin fields and that that hurts my soul that hurts my spirit cuz i like justin fields But what's interesting to me on the other side, though, is another guy, a guy named Kenny Pickett, who on the season is completing 61% of his passes, the same as Justin Fields. Six yards per attempt, that's less than Justin Fields. He's got two touchdowns, the same as Justin Fields, and three interceptions, the same with a 70 quarterback rating. One point worse. And there's not a single mock draft saying that the Steelers are going to take a quarterback. There's not a single person in the media saying Kenny Pickett's not the guy. We need to get we need to replace him. He's out of. He's done. Nobody's bashing Kenny Pickett, and yet Kenny Pickett is playing just as poorly as Justin Fields. Why is that? Why Why is that? Can somebody explain this? If you want to say, well, because Kenny Pickett's in his second year and Justin Fields is in his third year, okay, fine, fine. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to run for as many yards as Justin Fields did last year. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is going to throw for as many yards as Justin Fields did last year. I don't know if he's going to have as many passing touchdowns as Justin Fields did last year. I don't know what the final result is going to look like. But right now, the way it's trending, the way it's trending, it's not looking good. He's He's playing poorly. And he, he, he's getting a complete pass. They're blaming it on the offensive coach. Oh, the offensive coordinator, like, we need to get somebody new. They're blaming it on the fact that they have a defensive head coach. They're blaming it on the fact that the offensive line is bad. They're blaming it on everything other than maybe Kenny Pickett's just boo-boo. Kenny Pickett's no good. No, I know. I'm sitting here saying that there's a bias or there's like you you like Kenny Pickett. You like the story. He's a He went to Pittsburgh for college and now got drafted by Pittsburgh playing in the same stadium. What a great story. It's perfect. And you like that. So you, you'll give him a pass and then you look at Justin Fields and you think he's trash. I know it kind of sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but I'm not. Justin Fields, if you put them both in a combine, Justin Fields will outdo Kenny Pickett in every category you can grade at a combine. Every single one everyone arm talent way better physical ability way better speed way better hand size physical size better like he's a better prospect than kenny pickett he is right he is and kenny pickett is a four-year starter in college justin fields is a two-year starter so kenny pickett has played more football than justin fields and yet I will still say that's the reason why even though they're both p- playing equally as poor, I'm going to favor the guy who has the physical gifts that I feel like I can work with rather than the guy who's playing poorly and lacks the physical ability. That's not bias. That's using real reason to make a choice. You're choosing Kenny Pickett simply because you haven't seen him fail as many times. Well, you're going to. keep Pay attention. You will see it. You will see it. Kenny Pickett has never been a drop back 40 times, throw it, win a game guy. He's never been that. At no point in his life has he been that. And at this level of the NFL, sometimes you have to be able to do that. And he can't. They have a formula to win. And he needs to live by the formula or they won't. And I just don't understand why you'll look at Kenny Pickett and give him a pass or give him time to grow when last year... And the year before, there was plenty of criticism for Justin Fields. There was plenty of trash talk. People thought coming out of college he wasn't going to be any good because he went to Ohio State. There's people being critical of of C.J. Stroud in year one. Kenny Pickett don't get no hate. He don't get no criticism like, yo, wait a second. Maybe the noodle arm is a problem. Nothing. Just crickets. Crickets. Just ask yourself the question. If Joe Burrow can get criticized, if Justin Herbert can get criticized, if Justin Fields can get criticized, if Dak can get criticized, if if everyone can get criticized, why not Kenny Pickett? It can't be everybody's fault, but Kenny Pickett all the time. That's all I'm saying. Let's get into some picks. Let's get into some picks for the week. So look, like I said last week, I'll say it again. I will be picking every football game, including a top 25 team in the country. I will be picking all of those games each week. But the full video and the picks for all of those games will be available on my YouTube channel because I don't want to take up so much time on this show here just rattling off a bunch of picks. It's not entertaining for you guys at the end of this show. I will be doing the same thing in football. I will be picking every game in the NFL against the spread. Now so far it has been terrible. My picks have been bad in the NFL. But it's still early. You know, you don't know who's who, you know. Give me a pass. But if you want to see those full picks, those videos will be available on my YouTube channel. That's uh Cyber Network on YouTube. That's S I B R Network on YouTube. Uh, For now, I just want to pick out the top five or the five most interesting games for me over the weekend in uh, college and in the NFL. So let's start with college. Florida State versus Clemson. I'm taking Clemson to win for the reasons I stated earlier. I think Florida State is going to come in trying to prove something. I think Clemson is far better than they're being given credit for because they just they lost a game and everyone wrote them off immediately. Like I think Clemson has something to prove and I think they're coming in with an underdog mentality. Florida State is only favored by two points, which lets me know that the experts think that this game is going to be competitive. So as far as talent goes, it's going to be competitive. I'm liking Clemson to get the edge, especially being at home. Colorado versus Oregon. Oregon's favored by 21 points. I like Oregon to be up 21 points in the first quarter. I think this game is ugly. I think this game gets away from them. I think Shador Sanders throws a couple interceptions, just trying to make a play to get them back in the game. I think Oregon jumps on top of Colorado early, and I think they stomp them out pretty quickly. I think by halftime, you know this game is over. UCLA versus Utah is an interesting one for me because Utah is my team, right? That's the team that I like to watch because they are so consistent. They play tough. They play hard. They're not flashy. They're kind of like a blue collar, like we just scrap and claw to get what we need. And UCLA is pretty good, but they're also inconsistent. I'm going to go with Utah. I am for that simple reason. It's just consistency. I trust that Utah is going to show up and give me a consistent effort each and every week. I think UCLA is going to rise and and fall with the tide. So I'm going to stick with the consistent team and choose them for that reason. Ole Miss versus Alabama. I think Ole Miss is going to kick Alabama while they're down. I think right now there's a lot of doubt. I think there's a lot of of chaos going on in Alabama, a lot of self-reflection and trying to figure things out. I think for that reason, Ole Miss is going to go in there, seize the opportunity, and I think they beat Alabama straight up. Now, the nightcap, we have Ohio State going to Notre Dame. This game scares me. My head tells me Notre Dame with Sam Hartman is going to beat Ohio State. Sam Hartman, I would take him over Kyle McCord in terms of experience, obviously, and in terms of gamesmanship and just being a gamer. I've seen it more with Sam Hartman than I have with Kyle McCord. But in these games that are really close, because I think the game is going to be competitive. I don't think either team has a very definitive advantage, but the one advantage Ohio State does have is I do think that their talent is much more elite than Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is still they still win on fundamentals and, and stick into a game plan and following it and just being well coached. And I think that the athletic ability, I think the star power, I think the um, just the talent edge for Ohio State My head tells me go with Notre Dame. My heart is telling me Ohio State has just enough to squeak by and all I need to see. is They just need to get by. Just squeak by. Just get that dub on the road at night. is super hard to do. I'm going to go with Ohio State against, go against my head, go against my brain. I'm going to pick with my heart here. I'm going to take Ohio State to beat Notre Dame. Let's move to the NFL picks. 49ers favored by 10 points versus the Giants on Thursday night. Look, let me tell you something right now. The 49ers are going to cover this, and they're going to cover that in the first quarter. I, I'm That's just how little I believe in Daniel Jones. I don't believe in him at all. I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't think that he's good enough to drop back there and pick apart this 49ers defense. I don't. And it's on a short week, and you just got done going through a hellish battle versus Arizona. You're not like, look, who's going to stop Christian McCaffrey? Who's going to stop Debo? It's over. You're losing by more than 10. You're going to be down 17-0 in the first quarter. It's over early. It's going to be one of those ugly Thursday night games where you say, why did they even put this on TV? You got the Packers favored by two points over the Saints. Now, look, Derek Carr and the Saints are 2-0. and They're winning, but they've been close and they've been ugly. I think they're still kind of learning each other. You're starting to see Derek Carr and Chris Olave kind of kind of get on the same page. just like, I thought they would. Hey, okay. But Jordan Love, don't look now. Jordan Love looks like a real player. Now, not great. He's not great. But you know what let me know that I was on to something? You know what let me know that I'm on the right path is when you hear the experts say things like, Going into the season, it was Jordan Love is no good. I don't know what you're going to get from Jordan Love. I don't think he's going to be any good, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah, you've got to rely on Jordan Love, Up making jokes about Jordan Love. And now the conversation is, hey, when Jordan Love, when everything's on script, when everything's comfortable, Jordan Love looks good. But when when, when a pressure comes on, then he falls apart. That's a nice way of saying, hey, he looks better than I thought he would, but I'm not ready to say he's good yet because he didn't come through on that last drive. It lets me know that I'm on to something, that I wasn't far off when I said he looks the part. I thought you were all, I thought that they should have started this years ago. And that's not because Jordan Love is so good. It's because you need to know if he's good more than you needed to have Aaron Rodgers. Because he wasn't winning you a title anyway. But I'm going, I'm riding with Jordan Love. I think the Packers are going to win. I think probably by a field goal. Saints have been in close games. Packers have been in close games. Two points. I'll take the Packers in the two points. Patriots favored by two and a half over the Jets. Look. Bill Belichick is going to eat Zach Wilson's lunch. I think this. I think their offenses. I think the Patriots are pretty much going to follow the game plan that the Cowboys had last week. All right, we're going to control the ball on offense, keep that defense on the field for a long time, wear you down. Because I don't care how good you are, if you play that many plays on defense, you are going to get tired. And when you get tired, we're going to take advantage of you. Defensively, we have to keep Zach Wilson in the pocket and make him make us beat him, make us beat him, make us beat us. Make him beat us? That sounds weird. Make him win from the pocket. <laughs> I don't think Zach Wilson can do it consistently. I think even if things are going well, I think he's gonna he just has to take that chance. His arm is too good. He's gonna try to make that throw he shouldn't be making. It's gonna get picked off. I'd like the Patriots to have at least one defensive touchdown. I think they cover the two and a half points. Raiders minus two and a half versus the Steelers. Look, I was glad that I got to see uh Jimmy Garoppolo look like Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to look. I know week one everyone was excited. They got a dub, and week two it looked just how it's supposed to look. This team's no good. The Steelers, on the other hand, have noodle arm Kenny Pickett, and I think Kenny Pickett continues to play poorly and con- continues to play like what he is. I should say not poorly because this is what he is. And I think uh, I think the Raiders get the two and a half points. I think they cover. That. I think the Raiders win by three or four points. So I'll take the Raiders um, covering the two and a half. And now you have the Cowboys favored by twelve versus the Cardinals. Now you know my rule. Typically, I would say if it's 10 or more points, if it's a double-digit spread, I'm going for the underdog. 10 points is a lot to win by in the NFL. But I think this Cowboys defense is doing something in particular where they are saying we don't care who we play. It's not about winning. We don't want to beat you. We want to dominate you. And I think their attitude is get as many turnovers as we can, get as many sacks as we can. We're going to get our stats up. And against a bad team like Arizona, I think they are going to come in there with the same attitude of let's get our stats up. And because of that mentality, I think the 12 points is going to be very easy to cover. I like the Cowboys to get a defensive score. I like the offense to put up some stuff and they're going to be working on some things in the red zone. I like CD Lamb to continue to have a big game following last week's big game versus the Jets. And I think that I think the Cowboys win by much more than 12. I think this game is ugly. I think this game follows the pattern of the first two games of the year where it's just ugly. It's over early. Like that's that's the way I see it happening. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate you coming through for another week. I hope I was able to entertain you. Uh, Listen, take my picks to the bank. Get you that dough stacks. Follow me on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. Follow me. Follow the YouTube channel, like I said, for exclusive videos, stuff that we don't deal with here. We're posting all those videos up there. Things are starting to grow. Jump on now while it's still young in its infancy stage and be part of the cyber family early. That is Cyber Network on YouTube. That's S-I-B-R Network on YouTube. Follow me there. Listen, I appreciate each and every one of you for giving me your time, lending me your ears. Listen, hit me up. Let me know what you're thinking. Disagreement you if you want. Let's argue. Let's talk. Let's have fun. Build the Cyber Family. Again, the mission is to be the greatest sports community in the world. I will catch you guys next week.